0: so much worship him. Allow me at this juncture to just introduce a ministry, I'd rather reintroduce a ministry that, that has been there, perhaps a bit incognito, yet it's been on, on the pulpit. The recitation ministry, um, where we just, we memorize God's word for the fact of, you know, hiding it in our hearts so that we may not sin against God. And we have a young man with us today, one Dominic Courier. I wish he, he would have run up as I began, as I began talking about uh, the ministry. Dominic. Um, and so today's reading will be from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 20, and this, this, this wonderful young man has, has memorized those 20 verses, and he's here to recite them. Uh, we can turn there, we can turn there, with, <laughs> let's turn there, Mark chapter 1, verse 1
1: to 20. And this is the word of God the beginning about the good the beginning of the good news about Jesus the messiah the son of god as it is written in isaiah the prophet i will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord make straight paths for him and so john the baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of for After me comes one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descended on him like a dove and, and the voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with wild animals and angels attended to him. At the time, okay, after John was put in prison Jesus went in Galilee After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, uh, for they were fishermen, come, follow me, he said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther he saw when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay he called them and they left their father Zebedee with the hired men and followed him. That was the word of God.
0: wow wow (laughs) and I am their pastor let me not even speak allow me to invite (laughs) our speaker for today (laughs) Reverend Kasim let's pray for him as he brings God's word to us our Lord and Savior Jesus, we are so grateful for the privilege of sitting at your feet and hearing from, from your word. We thank you for Pastor Kasim. May he be in your hand what this microphone is in mine, an instrument to reverberate the very heart of God to your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Karibu sana Thank
2: you. Thank you, uh, Pastor Koti, and thank you, Dominic. Uh, 20 verses. We want to thank you very much. All of you uh, who are here, uh, thank you and welcome to the service today. And those that are watching us from home, that are watching us from the cars, others in hospital beds, trusting God for a revival. Even others watching, even from prison, wherever you are, the Lord loves you so very much. So if you can, would you just greet me like this? Good morning and good morning and good morning. And the Lord is good and all the time, and I am the evidence that the Lord is good. Talking about love of Christ, we also find love in this life. And um, this is a year God has blessed us. We are scheduled to have quite a number of uh, weddings taking place right here. Uh, We are beginning one in June. We have another one in August, and another one in September, our own here. And we are probably trusting God that we are going to begin classes so that we can have others. There are very many others who have already expressed um, uh, so that their marriages may be blessed, uh, not necessarily starting afresh, and the Lord is moving in a new way. So the first one uh, on the queue is uh, a notice. Uh, that notice is hereby given through this first wedding ban that uh, Mr. Peter Mpaya Parsimiti. And Miss Nancy Nteya Mashati plan to get joined in a holy matrimony in a wedding to be held here in Nairobi Baptist Church in Matarongai on 19th June 2021 at 10 a.m. If anybody, and these are the friends, uh, Peter Mpaya Parsimiti and Nancy Nteya Mashati. Um, they were not able to attend today, but we've always been with them. We've introduced them previously. So if anyone has a legal reason as to why these two should not be joined together on the stated dates, should object in writing, in writing to the NBC at least seven days to 19th June, or otherwise be quiet forever. So it has to be in writing. It has to be seven days before the wedding. And you have a right to do so. We wish the two God's grace in their journey. Thank you very much. Why don't we clap for them as we congratulate them. So welcome um, today to the new series on seizing moments to overcome, just like Jesus. We'll be looking at the book of Mark, which is the beginnings. And our title today is The Beginnings of Jesus. The Beginnings of Jesus. And we'll continue that way the whole week, the whole month. And it is all about seizing moments to overcome, just like Jesus. When we are going through the story of Jesus, we are looking at a victorious uh, Savior. We're looking at a victorious uh, Savior who is in the flesh of man. And as, he, as we see around and what he does, we overcome just like him. The reason we are studying his life as told and accounted for by Mark We are looking at things that we can emulate, things that we can associate with and say we can overcome just like him. So we review the story of Jesus. And there is a reason why we pick on Mark for a time like now. Firstly, Mark wasn't one of the 12 disciples. You need to know that. He wasn't like Matthew, Luke, and John. He must have been one of the true common followers of Jesus Christ because he wasn't. One of, uh, one of the twelve. Actually, he wasn't an age uh, contemporary of Jesus like the others. In fact, he was still a young person when these things were happening, and therefore he couldn't come too close to be an eyewitness. And we find this later in Mark chapter 14, 51-52, that he was actually a youth at that time. Therefore, Mark writes this account later in life, mostly relying on stories of eyewitnesses believed to be dominated by Elder Simon Peter, who refers to Mark as my son in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13. He calls him my son. So it is believed uh, that he was getting all these stories from eyewitnesses, very many of them, but uh, Peter seems to influence him the most. Mark was a committed uh, Christian, and the early church is recorded meeting in the home of his mother in Acts chapter 12, verse 12. So his mother, because of the Christian way they lived, hosted one of the early churches um, in our house. But he is a failure. Mark is actually a failure in ministry. He was seen when Apostle Apostle, uh, Paul drops him. Because of his failure, in Acts chapter 12, around 25 thereabouts, um, he drops him because he fails him in ministry. He is not successful, and uh, Paul decided to replace him with Timothy. So he' not proudly writing this, showing that uh, he is the one who knows how things should be done. He's writing a failure, just like us, just like the preacher today. We talk about holiness and defilement. As long as you are driving a car. The other day I found a person just passing like this. And you know those old words that this must be a fool. And he has already defiled my mind. He's already defiled my mouth. And all of us, no one stands here to say I am the successful. That he writes stories knowing what a failure means in a person. So Mark understands that language of failure. But secondly, Mark writes this gospel which begins when Jesus is an adult. He begins with a working master and concentrates on his works more than his deeds, more than his uh, words. So Mark writes more about what Jesus did than what he said. So we are going to see a lot of actions. So there is a story, as I can put it now, is action-packed. It's action-packed. The account is actually action-packed, like a busy book, depicting Jesus as a busy servant. In this action-packed account of uh, victory, one can easily choose the picture of a lion because the kingdom of God is visible and the lion is a picture of a king of the jungle. But also, another may choose the picture of a lamb or a donkey even if you wish. Because the messenger is clearly brought out. The burden, the beast of the burden. Jesus is presented by Mark as a beast of the burden. That he carries burdens of people. That he's a messenger. He is not portrayed so much like a boss, but a messenger. So you may choose to to portray the account as a lion or as a donkey or as a lamp. In fact, we shall use both pictures of the lion and the lamb in today's unpacking of Mark's introduction. We see the king coming from the wilderness, as a survivor in the desert, and one who immediately he is introduced to us proceeds to the desert for 40 days of ministry preparation. 40 alone. A desert he does not know. Immediately he is introduced to us, he goes for 40 days into the wilderness. But at the same time, we see a servant mood. Therefore, we can call the guest of Mark because he is seen introducing where something was happening somewhere. He introduces a certain guest who comes. He is, we are seen giving an account. We are hearing an account of one calling from the wilderness. And he says, prepare, there is someone coming after me. That sounds like a guest. So an uh, action-packed uh, account introduces a guest so the guest of mark mark has a guest and this guest is a servant king and why not is he a servant king is he yes a servant and also king so this is all we will be talking about the servant king from verse one all the way until we finish the book of Mark. And this is the mood. He is a lion. He is also the lamb. So, um, I I, I think the the, the interesting thing here is that uh, we see several things. I want to give us four things that we are looking at today. One, from verse 1 to 6, we realize that the servant king is exemplary. The servant king, the guest of Mark, is exemplary. We've already heard the whole story from Dominic from verse 1 to 20. Very clear things that we've always learned from Sunday school. But to unpack this, let's put these four points. The servant is exemplary. Number verses 9 to 10. The servant king's city is torn open. His city is torn open. Open Number three, point number three, will be that the servant king is on the loose. The servant king is let loose. And number four, as we finish, we'll be saying that the servant king requires immediate response. Or we shall discuss immediacy. We'll discuss immediacy. Coming to the first point where the servant king is exemplary. The victorious Jesus is nothing new. He is within a prophecy of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. It is Isaiah who says, there shall be one in the wilderness who will have a voice. And he will be calling out in the wilderness that he will be telling people, repent, repent, so that your sins may be forgiven. And he will be making a way for someone else. So he is described, Jesus is described as the son of God. Mark, uh, Mark quickly goes to describe him as this is the gospel of the son of God. The story of the son of God. Therefore, he is bigger than the prophecy. Although as Isaiah prophesied in chapter 40, Mark comes to say he is the son of the most high God. Therefore, he is bigger than the prophecy. They are not equal. He is the master, with a lighter messenger going before him to prepare a way. He is so big, such a king, that he has a motorcade ahead of him, that he must this way must be prepared. He can't just come. The stories of John, Matthew, and uh, and and, and, and uh, Luke are talking about Noel and the story of the bone, the new baby, and all these things, and how the preparations were made. But Mark begins in adult life of Jesus. And he says, here comes the king. And here comes the master. He cannot just appear from nowhere. Although he has been a carpenter's son, the the way must be prepared because he's a king. Mark's view of the way is strategic when he says he will prepare a way for me. He will prepare a way for the master. He writes for the blind Romans to find their way. And the poor to find their means. The sinner to come back And a believer to find his way to the heavenly home. So that when you die, when you live this life, you know the way. A believer needed a way. Humans needed a way because this is just a pilgrim. We are on our way. This is not our home. So we need a way. So uh, um, uh, his, his way must be prepared. So John, the messenger, must speak the Lord's word so that they aren't new and so that the master can use them to do works. Remember, John speaks about the words, repent, be baptized. Then Jesus comes to only touch base a little bit, but to do the works. The messenger going before him is a deserter, just like him. John the Baptist is in the desert. We have heard about his life, the things he hits simple life and Jesus is therefore exemplified in John's humility of clothing i underline that John's humility of clothing tells us something about Jesus because he comes to exemplify him and also the simplicity of his message simple repent be baptized so the baptism By a human teacher, I mean by a human person teaches us about the obedience and pridelessness of Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the president of the Republic of Kenya? Coming to your house or your former house and the bathroom is outside. It is not self-contained. And he says that he's uh, feeling uh, uh, he's sweaty and he wants to take a shower and decides to just go and take a shower in your bathroom outside where you share with people. I don't even know which towel to give him. What a sense of humility. Most likely he will not. Even his bodyguards. He will, but his bodyguards will not allow him. And you can imagine the king of kings has many millions of bodyguards that we cannot see. Angels. But he decides to say Yes. To baptism. How can a man baptize the king of kings? Yes, he goes to the river and he's baptized. That teaches us about obedience and pridelessness. In that way, the servant king is truly exemplary. Obedience and humility. That's the challenge we have today. Would you be like Jesus? Are you a person who is characterized by humility? and obedience. I gauge myself on a continuum, and I'm looking at zero to ten. I don't want to tell you where I think I belong. This kind of humility, the king of kings, should have come, partially, dressed very nicely, with necklaces and everything, and gold, because silver and gold belongs to him. But it comes simple. He is introduced by a simple man. Not the kings, but a deserter. A person who only knows about locusts and honey. That is the king of kings. Is this your life? Are you simple enough and obedient? If you ever call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, the story of Jesus uh, exemplary. But the seven seven king city is torn open in verse 9 to 10. The king, in his humble obedience, is baptized. And then, for the first time, heaven opens to a human flesh. What opened is the cosmic layers. When the scripture says that Jesus looked and he saw heaven. Remember, he is the son of God inside human flesh. The eyes of the son of Mary and Joseph had never seen heaven. The the, the eyes of Jesus, of course, he comes from heaven. But for the first time, the human eye of the son of Mary sees heaven. Directly heaven. He saw heaven. So what happened? Because earlier on, It was closed. So, the king's city, his city in heaven, has been torn. And you can see. What opened is the cosmic layers, which have often been described as our protection from the most holy God. We are not protected from anything else, but from his holiness. Can somebody say amen? Just just one single amen. Amen? The protection is not from the things that can happen, but the holiness of God. The holiness of God, Dr. is so dangerous that we need protection from it. We need protection from it. There is a time when we are just humans because we are all humans, like I told you, that I felt very weird when a certain lady who whose son used to be in our church. And uh, he was my friend. He was just a young man. He always wanted to stay here. So the mother came from far. She was not from the country here. And she pulled him aside and told him, Please, stay away from the men of God. Just stay away from the men of God. They are holy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, that can nice feeling. And then also fearing. A fearing that, is it really true that I am holy? Now, uh, and, and, and of course, many times, I think there's that notion that the men of God are so holy, stay away from them. Now, the whole idea is holiness is feared. That which is holy is feared. Even in a, a, a neighborhood, uh, a weird pastor can, can get away with very many uh, things because nobody wants to touch the man of God. Because the Bible also, they remind, touch not the anointed of the Lord. But the whole idea is that holiness is to be feared. The cosmic layers protect us from the holiness of God. Revelation gives uh, uh, chapter five gives us a picture of God separated from the angels and all heavenly creatures by glassy sea. There is a glassy sea in the worship arena in heaven, where even the twenty four elders and even the four creatures in heaven they cannot. They are close to God but separated. God alone is separated in a glassy sea lest his holiness consumes even the angels. Moses couldn't see God. He couldn't stand his holiness because that which is holy is always feared. It chases the evil. Let me tell you, dear brother and sister, If you remain holy, if truly you are holy, not because people say you are holy, or they think you are holy, or you look like you are holy, if you truly are holy, you will be feared. The demons will fear you. Systems will fear you. Even animals, anything will fear you. That which is holy is to be feared. If heaven is left open, brothers and sisters, for our filth, we would be consumed. The the carpenter's son in his mortal body saw heaven and a voice passed through it exposing who he was, my son. He had been hiding, making stools and chairs as a carpenter. But this time, a voice has come to expose who he is. And the voice said, my son with whom I am pleased. His deity is revealed that he doesn't belong here, but heaven, the king in man's body. Although I am walking here, I am not what you think. You know me as a carpenter's son, but I am different. But it is not him who reveals himself. It is the voice from heaven which declares, May the Lord defend you, not to you to defend yourself, May you not tell people, you know me, I'm just a good guy, you know. You, I think you know. May another person testify that you are cool. Do you know the way I walk like this? You, know, you know, I, I, I know, I know the kind of, you know, young people, I know the kind of guy who should come to me because I'm, okay, fine. Can, may another person testify. Yeah, yeah, guys? May another person testify that you're really fly not you don't even feel it christ did not feel it he the, the the fleshy christ was a carpenter simple it is the voice from heaven which come to testify that he is the son of god i'm a very powerful ma- a man of god you know that you know that you understand may a voice from heaven come to testify that you are a powerful man of god and who powerful, where, where, how powerful are you if you know how go, to go to the washroom? Holy Christ is powerful. Number three, the servant king is on the loose. This is what we hear from Mark. This is the mood. This is the spirit. This is what he would like us to know. The servant king is on the loose. Verse 14 to 15. I take those other verses to be escorting verses. And come to unpack verse, verses 14 to 15. John, having finished his mission, was imprisoned, but the lion began his chase for souls. You remember that when John had finished his mission, he was actually sent to prison. Because the, the duty is over, he has done his part. Now the Savior who has been introduced. The lion of the tribe of Judah begins his chase for souls. He went preaching, the Bible says that. After that, he has gone preaching. He has been released. He has been set loose with an open heaven and a natural body filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Bible says. The lion of the tribe of Judah was let loose to walk among us, seeing and exposing our sinfulness, ready to repair and yet to restore. Amen? please just turn to someone and say, the lion is let loose. The sinner wasn't safe anymore. The Holy Spirit would convict and convict. Previously, the Sadducees had a good time. But the sinner, from this moment, when the king is let loose, the sinner is restless. He is not safe anymore. The Holy Spirit will convict and convict. The lion would pursue and tear the hiding souls wherever they are. Hiding in churches. Hiding in marriages. Hiding in nice schools and nice families. The lion will tear the hiding souls. And he will conquer them to himself. Because he is let loose. The Sadducees and Pharisees will find no place to hide or even the hiring pastors and prophets, the mighty and mightiest men of God, will know that the lion of the tribe of, of Judah is not in heaven, just there, and not a baby anymore. He is let loose because the Holy Spirit has filled him. And he has been released to do his work. The kingdom of God, I uh, received a debate here when John says the kingdom of God is near. One part of the group would say that the kingdom of God is not yet until Jesus returns. Jesus will return. And until he returns, then the kingdom of, of God is not yet. So they would say that. Although the kingdom of God is near, meaning that he will come to establish a kingdom when he has come. But the other group that would, you know, also uh, argue in, uh, you know, Bible Uh, scholarship uh, discussions is that the kingdom of God is already here in our hearts. From a physical point of view, the kingdom of God is going to be established upon the return of the king of kings. Yet, from a spiritual point of view, the kingdom of God is already here in our hearts and we have a king who reigns. We submit to the king of kings. Praise the Lord. And therefore for us, The kingdom of God is here. We know that we don't belong here. Even when the country goes into ethnic uh, uh, divisions and uh, affiliations, the believers know that we belong to the family of God. And the churches don't have to get into those political problems because... Yes, we belong here, but we belong to another kingdom. We have a king called Jesus. We have a king called Jesus. We belong to the family of God. We secretly know things that the non-believer doesn't understand. We live in a kingdom. We are subjects of a king. We subject to him. We obey him. We fear him, even when we can't see him physically. Because there is a kingdom that is already here. Ruled by faith. The devil would begin to tremble, pursued by the Lion of Galilee. He would later fight to slow down Jesus in the wilderness with very many temptations. But Jesus knew that this, his earthly goal was Golgotha. He was moving towards Golgotha, where he would um, shed his most powerful blood to miraculously wash the sinner better than Omo and better than high um, uh, hyssop. He knew that he was aiming to go to Golgotha, the lion of the tribe of Judah, let loose, to go healing, to go restoring to go chasing hearts, to go bruising hearts, winning them to him, and finally going to Golgotha to shed his blood, which is very powerful. The lion of the tribe of Judah is still on the loose, pursuing us in our lives. We are exposed and not in control anymore. We are subdued by the lion, and we run in vain. Those that are running away, those that are running away, you run in vain. The lion is let loose. The servant king is let loose. He pursues you. And he waits on you. That is why I think the singer sang this song. I surrender. I surrender. I want to know I want to know you more. What else can you do except to surrender? What is there in this this life to chase? Money comes. Money goes. Beauty comes. Beauty goes. Youthfulness comes. Ringles come. Kitambi comes. Kitambi goes. Cars come. Cars go. Jobs come. Retirement comes. And there is nothing in this world to chase. When you are chasing to become a teenager, you realize teenage problems. When you are fighting to get married to be the queen after the queen, you desire that Jesus Christ comes sooner than you wanted. And the more money you get, the more expenses. And the balance sometimes is zero. You surrender. We are pursued by the king. The wise one, the wise one surrender. Christ is looking for a church that surrenders, totally surrendering, because we are pursued. And sooner or later, He'll catch up with you. The servant king requires immediate. But 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 one more thing just before we finish. When the king is let loose, it is not just us who are in trouble. The devil is in trouble. Amen? The world of sin is in trouble. The spirits of oppression are in trouble. The spirits of of, uh, sicknesses is in trouble because the lion of the tribe of Judah is let loose. He can heal us. He can defend us. He will restore us. But the servant king, requires immediate response. The king's roar requires a response. The sound that calls us is too loud to, be, to ignore. Mark uses the word immediately about 41 times. 41 out of 51, 58 times in the New Testament. The New Testament has the word immediately. Immediately, immediately, immediately. But Mark this 41 out of the 58, which means he is the person of immediacy. But why? This is because this lion is simply a servant. John responded to his call to be the way maker for the master. He needed to say, yes, here I am, so that I can be the way maker for you. He put on sandals and he left his goodies. Andrew and Peter responded immediately to leave their nets. And follow in verse 17. James and John responded immediately to leave their boats and follow him in verse 17 as well. We are not safe anymore. Neither are we absolutely free. The roar is sounding anytime and will call anybody, even the young people. The roar can call anybody. It can call you the way you are, even when you think you are not fit. The roar of the lion. We are not free. We are not safe. Praise the Lord. Some may be called to leave their favorite boats and nets. They may have to, to, to leave their comfort and lucrative work. Others will be called to leave boats of personal time. And come, serve the Lord. Some might even be called Home in heaven. The voice might call any time. He called out. He called them, told them, follow me. Immediately. Immediately. They are better. I think, I think Elisha was better. He said, Give me time to go and sell my, my things. These guys did not have time to go and sell. They came immediately. Brothers and sisters, I am not, I'm, I'm a failure for this one. The Lord called me to ministry, and I ran away for ten years. For ten years, I ran away. I looked at my father, my father who was very old, who is going to take care of him, and I'm the breadwinner. I hear that pastors, pastors—the picture I had, I had about pastors—that not not today's pastors. The, the the picture I had about pastors, what people were telling me, were beggars. Where people would go from house to house and say, help the man of God. Give me food I have not eaten. May the Lord bless you. Like that, like that. And I I wondered, if I get food for myself, how will I feed a wife? How will I feed uh, my my aging parents? I I feared. For 10 years, I ran away. In the process of running away, like Moses, I found a wife. And very many things were happening. And then I was subdued. I surrendered. Some will be called for pastoral ministry. And you might have to make a lot of sacrifice. Others will be called to music ministry. You must be ready to say yes. The problem is I am not alone. I have other people here who have been called to ministry and they have delayed. John said, I come immediately. Andrew said, I follow you immediately. Others have been called to prayer ministry and you are not answering. Others have been called to ushering ministry and they are not answering. The response is immediacy. You must say yes. Immediately. Shame on us. Shame on us. If the heavens were to depend on us, the people who don't say yes immediately, how will the Lion of Judah do his work? He has come to strengthen the church. He has come to give the sting to the church. To arrest the world. To arrest the work of the enemy. How shall we work? How can he work with the brethren of uh, wrong guy? How can he work with the brethren of Machakos and, uh, and, 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 and Marsabit? If there is no immediacy. How much time do we have? How foolish we are when we do not know that we have no time. Some will respond later. Some partially, while others may ignore. Yet the servant king is calling us with immediacy. What a vessel of honor that we are. If he called and we didn't discern immediately. As we stand up, please stand up. and, uh, And the music team is coming here. There is no room. There is no room for proud, flashy servants. Did you hear what I said? There is no room. In Christianity, there is no room for pride. There is no room for pride. There is no room for flashiness. There is no room where... Yeah, I mean, this is the word of God. I mean, uh, I'm not attacking anybody. But where is it written that we pastors must put on suits worth 300,000 shillings? And if we don't, we cannot preach the gospel. Even in sandals and slippers, we can preach the word of God. In your situation, you can minister. Even when you are judged, you can still minister. There is no room for pride. There is no room for flashiness. When the king is humble and obedient, there is need to respond with immediacy, with tears of repentance, with bruisable hearts, with legs ready to follow the master The lion of the tribe of Judah is on the loose Pursuing hearts of men and women Bringing many sons to glory Strengthening prayer movements Defending the church And purifying us, the remnants With this roar We aren't safe anymore Listen on your feet And respond promptly He's such a wonderful, merciful savior The counselor of our hearts If we can just sing that song Just the first day. Part and the chorus. And as we sing that please take time and break down before the Lord. Feel bruised. Feel you are the target of today's sermon. The failure who cannot say yes immediately. If you are holy, if you are not obedient, then you are good to go. But if you are a candidate who has not said yes to what the Lord has told you to do, shame on us yet we have a wonderful counselor let's have a time even if you want to kneel down please feel free to do that if you want to sit down sit down if you lift up your hands but we must repent and be baptized in the holy spirit so that we may be let loose as a church we may be let loose as people of god to join christ as he tears the works of the enemy that is,
0: yes, yes
2: us even when we feel guilty of not responding as you wanted when we truly heard your call telling us to respond to the needs of the poor and we did not when we heard your voice calling us to pay school fees for a child who has now dropped out of school and we did not. We are sorry, Lord, for the things we have done. But we come to you, wonderful counselor, comforter, when you told us to move and move mountains, uh, when you told us to stand and we bashly, dear Lord, and you called us with your wonderful voice, uh, calling us, come, my dear, and we did not we come back to you. We are sorry, Lord. The king is let loose, uh, and we know that you are pursuing us dear lord and just like the prodigal son we come back to you we come back to you for restoration we come back to you dipping ourselves into the blood of jesus christ that cleanses us we have lived in secret sin that nobody knows but you master you know we feel the voice we feel that we hear the thunder we feel we hear the thunder of your steps the lion of the tribe of judah chasing us to bring us back to your house Chasing us to restore us. We surrender. We surrender Lord to you this morning. And my sister surrenders. And my brother surrenders to you. Father come through for us. Restoring us again. We take the blood of Jesus Christ. That restores us in Jesus name. We surrender. And all the strongholds in our lives. That refuse to obey your word. We pull them down in Jesus name. Every spirit, every stronghold in your life that causes you to sin, I command it in the name of Jesus Christ. Loose your power. Loose your power in Jesus name. Lose your power. Every stronghold in your life that causes you to stay in sin, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, lose your power. Lose your sting. Lose your sting. Lose your sting in the name of Jesus Christ. In my life, lose your sting in Jesus name. Lord, Lion of the tribe of Judah, come and reign, reign in our lives, reign in our families. Every spirit that brings tears in our families, every stronghold that has come to come in our families, we condemn you and we come against you and we pull you down. In the name of Jesus, you have brought space in our families, you have brought space in our marriages. We break you down in the name of Jesus, we bring you down in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit that causes tears, the spirit that causes tears of every day, we bring you down in the name of Jesus. Instead, Lord, we surrender to the lion of the tribe. Come and reign. Reign in our lives, in our children, in our businesses in our work uh, those who hunt us the lion is let loose uh, pursue our torturers pursue those who fight us at our place of work pursue them and convince them and and, and, and make them uh, our friends uh, bring them back again and defend us uh, those who pursue us in our businesses those who pursue us in our businesses the lion is let loose uh, father follow them and protect us dear lord And change the attitude, dear Lord. Keep us in tune with you, dear Lord. And every spirit that endears the world to us, and those evil eyes that see the good in the evil, Father, cleanse us afresh. Holy Spirit, come again in our lives. Oh, come and baptize us afresh in the name of Jesus Christ. Cause us to love you more than any other time. If ever I loved you, Lord, my Jesus is now. If ever I followed you, Lord, my Jesus is now. This is our prayer to you wonderful counselor for restoration and for healing in the name of jesus christ and now my dear brothers may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you to shine upon you and be gracious unto you the lord protect and defend you and bless you on monday and tuesday wednesday Thursday may the Lord defend you. Friday may the Lord watch over you and defend you. On Saturday, may the Lord give you victory over battles. On Sunday, may the Lord give you enough strength and bundles if you have to watch, so that we can celebrate together. In the name of God who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now may the grace look at one another and uh, let minister to one another prophetically. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now, forevermore. Amen, Amen and amen, and amen.